Gaming is an adventure. You can delve into the deepest sea or soar above the highest mountain. You can become the hero, slay dragons, or rule entire civilizations. You can do this all alone or with the fellowship of the best companions. So what do you say? Are you ready to go on an adventure? This is the Gaming Adventure Club Podcast. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Gaming Adventure Club Podcast. I am your host, Manny G, and I am joined, as always, by TX Andy Man. How's it going, buddy? Oh, great, bud. How about you? I'm doing really well. I'm having some some freshly brewed tea. Dude, are you switching to tea on me? Dude, I'm I'm having some tea. I guess I could have made coffee or bourbon. Big Manny has just hit his midlife crisis. (laughs) No, I'm I've always been a tea drinker. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. As far as you know, let's get this party started. (laughs) Tea, yeah. If you're gonna start a party, you've got to have some tea. There you go. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, Andy, it has been one year since episode one. Oh, you shut your mouth. Yeah. I don't believe This is you. our one year anniversary. How cool is that? That's super awesome, man. Yeah. So That's thanks to awesome. everyone who kind of reached out and said, congratulations. That was really cool. Totally appreciate it. And actually, we got a speak pipe from our good friend, our Discord moderator and fellow podcaster, Ooh, Flavorous. I'm excited. Me too, man. Let's check this out. Wow, dudes. A whole year. You know, my favorite thing, looking back over the GAC, is how Manny gets out of having to pronounce all the big words. That's definitely the highlight to my week. Uh, But seriously, uh, you guys have a great cast. I I consider us podcasters in arms. You know, we started at about the same time. And because you guys are so good and have such a high level of quality, you kind of uh, forced us to to try to bring a similar level of quality, though I don't think we've gotten there quite yet. And I just, I love everything about your show. It's how I get my news every single week. I don't read Kotaku or Polygon or listen to Gamescast. I I listen to the Gaming Adventure Club. You guys are awesome. Keep it up. Can't wait for another year. Awesome, dude. Thanks, Flav. That's really cool. Thanks for saying that, man. Very cool, man. Yeah. Um, Dude, those guys do such a great job over there uh, with their with their outplayed uh, podcast. Man, mm-hmm. it's uh, he doesn't give they he doesn't give themselves credit. Man, those guys are are awesome, man, and and we love uh, we love having them in the Discord. Um, and they are great community members. We really really appreciate that, Flav. And right back at you, buddy. Awesome, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, like we said last week, we're just gonna do a, a regular show. So, Andy, we've got some news, buddy. Oh, dude, there's a ton of news today. What are there you is. About? So let's jump right in. The Division 2 news. What? Operation Dark Hours Raid is out now. And from what we can see, it looks really challenging and really fun. Yeah, 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 dude. Uh, uh, super cool. It looks like they put together an all-star team of uh, uh, streamers and YouTubers to <laughs> to do the Worlds <laughs> first. That yeah. was... Uh, that was so cool to see. I'm sure. Look, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this because you have uh, Rad, and I really want to hear yours and Bridget's uh, opinion about this. But uh, for me, one of the uh, I haven't really looked too much at the raid. I've heard good things 
Uh, I did happen to watch um, the first, I think, maybe 10 or 15 minutes of Nick mm-hmm. Two's, uh stream. But that was super cool yeah, to I see. Yeah, I like that guy's content. Yeah, well, it was him and Marco Styles and uh, Wiz was in there. <laughs> like, yeah. dude, is like the magnificent, who? yeah, magnificent <laughs> seven of uh, of uh, of content creators for the division, uh-huh. and that just makes it to me. That makes it so much cooler, you know that. Yeah. Uh, you know what, dude? We we've been through this a bunch with uh, Destiny, but um, but that was so cool, man, to be sort of in in you know for me in my infancy uh, in this community. And uh, and to see the YouTubers that I go to, all of those guys on different occasions, mm-hmm. uh, to see builds and all this other stuff, to see all those guys together, yeah, figuring this thing out, gonna be immortalized in the White House. That's so cool, man. So congrats to those, to all of them, and congrats to Massive, you know, for what appears to be uh, a successful maiden voyage. Yeah, and the the whole raid was cleared in five hours and two minutes. Yeah, well, there's nothing. That's nothing to shake a stick at. It's nothing, nothing like uh, the, uh, oh, what was it, the Last Wish raid that took like a full twenty four hours. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but similar to some of Bungie's first outings, right? Six hours, something like that for Vogue. So um, yeah, that's, that's pretty. Super it's cool. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a short raid. There, it only has four boss encounters, I believe. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's kind of funny comparing my rating experience to how they do it on consoles. Mm-hmm. It, it's really really different, and most consoles are, are they're just their their raid activities are really much smaller, much smaller. Because like like in Warcraft, you're looking at like a twelve boss. He's saying that raid, our right? console raids are so adorable compared to his <laughs> WoW raids. <laughs> and, and World First takes like, a, you know, they take weeks. Two weeks. Of hours. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Diff- different uh, different type, of, type of world. The, the, the important thing here, honestly, though, with all, all joking aside, mm-hmm. is that um, the people who cleared it said they loved it. They said yeah. it was an amazing, please, more of the same. This yeah. was awesome. So That's super cool, man. I can't wait yeah. to hear you and uh, Bridget pick this apart. Oh, yeah. I have uh, I have a lot of things to I say. I bet you do, man. Yeah. Check out. If nice you don't day. listen, check out the, uh, the Rogue Agent Down. And by the time you get this podcast, the latest episode of that should be out. So Very cool. There you go. Very cool. Next up. The Nintendo Switch has outsold PlayStation 4 lifetime sales in Japan. Super cool. I like how that statistic, just a little sidebar here, yeah. is sort of like the ESPN Monday Night Football stats that they throw out there every now and again. Like the highest <laughs> yeah, yeah. game, the highest rushing yards in a fourth quarter during a winter <laughs> storm in October. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's pretty great that's no that's that's super cool for the nintendo switch man it's a it's a great uh yeah man anyway yeah continue you want to uh read us this GameSpot story heck yeah i can't stop talking today manny what do you mean let's do it man i'm recording (laughs) might as well all right uh so GameSpot article the nintendo switch has now surpassed the lifetime sales of sony's playstation 4 in japan new numbers from Famitsu? All right, real quick, Flav, you're a hundred percent correct. 
I pass this reading off to Andy because I have no idea what this word is. <laughs> I thought it was f- Fumatsu or something like Anyway, <laughs> the, the new numbers from this website show that the Switch has now sold 8.13 million consoles in Japan, which is slightly ahead of the 8.07 million PS4s sold in Japan. It's a particularly impressive achievement for the Switch in Japan as it's only been on sale for two years compared to PS4. It's compared to the PS4, which had been has been sold in Japan for five years already. Wow, dude. That, that is really cool. is impressive. That is super Great cool, job. man. It yeah. lends to the, you know, it sheds light on the appeal of the Nintendo Switch. It is in such an market. appealing little, yeah. In yeah, that market, especially, exactly. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very much, but, you know. Go for it. Go ahead. No, you go. Oh no! I oh no! No, no, you man. <laughs> <laughs> I love when we do that, dude. No, man. Uh, um, yeah, dude. It just it it really does. Uh, not just that market, right? Everybody loves the Switch. You know, the you know it's good for young kids and all that stuff. But that it yeah. is cool for that console to be doing so well because that console i firmly believe that console that handheld console needs to exist man it it uh it just it uh it gives us something unique to play unique games on and some of my favorite experiences have been on my switch games like um uh uh gree or uh, yeah. Greece uh, or mm-hmm. Gris, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, short little, you know, four or five hour game. Awesome game. Uh, I don't think it would have translated well on a console. So I'm I'm so yeah. happy to hear this uh, that, you know, they're doing so well. That's pretty cool, man. There mm-hmm. is something to be said for like the price point. It's cheaper to buy a Switch. Yeah. But mm-hmm. not by much anymore no. with the base PS4. Right. Mm-hmm. So pretty good. That's really yeah. cool. And and I'm I'm a fan of this, of the Nintendo but I'm like on the outside looking in, like I don't yeah. have one. Don't even start. You're holding out for the, for all the, uh, the P's that all they're the going to put on your screen. Yeah. And, uh, and all the K's. Yeah. And that's the teraflops. all. That's all Manny cares about. <laughs> yes. Now with extra teraflops. That's all that, I want to hear. That's right. <laughs> all right. Next up, uh, Stingly, Steam, uh, one more again. Okay. Steam link finally makes its way to iOS. Ooh. Now, Steam Link, this is pretty interesting. Remember we covered that PlayStation app that allowed you to remotely play PlayStation games with your phone? But no controller. But and no controller. you have to be on the same network. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- this is similar because you do have to be on the same network with this, but you can uh-huh. use a controller. Oh, well, so that's we're a step progress. in the right direction. Yeah, and your <laughs> entire Steam library is available to you on your phone as long as you're on the same network. So I actually, I downloaded it and I tried wow. it and uh, it works pretty cool. I mean, it, it just works. So pretty oh, cool. Nice, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, um, I don't know how I'm going to, if I'm going to use this, you know, I'm right. not going to be up in bed yeah, trying to be like, look, Manny, uh-huh. Manny paid good money for all those K's and all those P's and he wants to <laughs> see them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, he if I need to, phone. uh, if I need to kill something like in Black Desert and I'm up in bed, yeah. I'm just going to get out of bed. Right. Yes. And I bed just. Is for, bed is for sleeping, Manny. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say bed is for and, sissies. <laughs> sleeping and, well, never mind. And waking up. <laughs> That's right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. 50% of the time I'm waking up. 50% but, of the time you're also sleeping, man. <laughs> yeah. Math totally checks out. 
Yep. Yeah. So all I do is say, uh, wife, I'm going to go get some water. I'm dehydrated and then come back three hours later after three. I've uh, killed all the, all the, or, uh, all the mobs. So three or four hours later. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Rolling on through this rapid news section. Rage two is out and some people like it. There you go. Nice. There's the story. Andy, we've been talking about Rage 2 since E3 last year. Mm-hmm. And it may even, I don't know if it made it into episode one, but its it's been a while since we've been talking about this game. It's mm-hmm. a 73 on Metacritic. Uh, one of the, uh, the uh, posters on Metacritic, Diecaster, he said, Doom plus Mad Max equals Rage 2. And I thought that was a pretty, pretty hey, cool description. I'm in. Yeah, that it, sounds it like looks, a fun game. It does sound like a fun game. Uh, Skill Up, he has a bit of a review on it. Mm-hmm. Six-hour campaign, four hours of forced grinding in the open world will get you to the end of the story, he said. Ooh. So pacing sounds awful. Mm-hmm. And uh, remember when, uh, and he kind of even uh, brought this up too, remember when Anthem had that like story block yeah. all of a sudden with the tombs? Yes. And then like you're, you're like, Er, the breaks right he yeah. said at least with rage 2 it's fun like the yeah. the combat is fun so he did take a take a swing at anthem he just he can't help himself man no he can't he's <laughs> he's him and his brother they're the meme machines so. oh my gosh oh well at least you know what you get when you that's listen true. to those guys that's true but he said uh, it's all about the gameplay if you want story he said go play far cry but the the gameplay, the combat, the weapons feel amazing, very very good. And he said at E3 last year it was the best game that he actually got to play. So that's that's cool. There there's some uh, there's a lot of fun to be had. It looks like, but it doesn't look like it's it's like a, a masterpiece, if you know what I mean. Well, man, I'm a big fan of '80s movies. None of yeah. those were masterpieces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sometimes, <yeah. laughs> sometimes man you just need a couple hours to kill you know and, yeah and uh, i and, think that's what this game is right yeah. i mean it's it's about just blowing stuff up uh one yes. big negative yeah single player game has cosmetic microtransactions Ooh. in it yeah that's cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> good job bethesda yeah. just you know they just had to put their little stamp on there to let I you guess. know jeez bethesda right. mm. <laughs> but it looks like id software did an amazing job with the combat so that's cool well, man yeah totally man i guess i was we were discussing this a little bit earlier and i don't want to spend too much time on it but uh, you know there there still is something to be said about uh just having fun playing a video game right like doesn't have to tell you a story sometimes although we appreciate those games then they yeah. have to give you hundreds and hundreds of hours, or although uh, we do appreciate those games at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, dude, it's just fun to get in there and feel OP, man. And if this yeah. game delivers on that, I mean, and it sounds great. Dude, you tell me Doom plus Mad Max. I want to watch that movie. They should make that movie. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I would pay. I would, yeah. pay, I would pay theater prices to go see that. You know, sometimes yeah, you just I- want to be entertained. I agree. Games like this definitely have a place, mm-hmm. you know, like Assassin's Creed Odyssey that had microtransactions and it, it was single player and stuff. But you're in there for like 70, 100 hours just to get the story done. And, you know, after a while for me, I didn't make it anywhere near that far. 
but yeah. it, it just kind of it did drag a little bit mm -hmm. but some people love that epic adventure you get lost in for months mm -hmm. but rage 2 looks like something you could get lost in for a weekend or two and it looks like good fun but i, I think you know that's something you want to pick up on sale next up andy Dude. are you ready for a little dice news yes a little ea action at you so DICE, they removed a duo mode from their new Battle Royale mm -hmm. and Battlefield 5. I totally forgot that was out. I know, right? That's part of the problem. Yeah. It's kind of funny, right? Yeah. So the mode, yeah. the uh, the new mode launched and DICE, they knew that the numbers wouldn't really support splitting up the player base into multiple queues. Mm -hmm. So they said, hey, duo, it's going to be a limited adventure, right? The mm -hmm. The... The community requested and say, please make it permanent. We really like duos. They did, and people were not showing up. So they're just sitting in queue forever. So they said, you know what? We got to shut the mode down. We don't have enough people to do this. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was kind of an, an interesting thing that's going on over there. Like you, you said you didn't even remember, and we both played Battlefield no. 5. So you think this would have been on our radar a little bit, but yeah. But yeah, and it's it's kind of funny because there's there's a reason, right? There's a reason why I'm bringing up this story. And it's just to kind of uh, continue that conversation that we had about EA's new game release strategy. Remember, they kind of yes. mentioned on their earnings call how they want to trickle games out and yeah. let them improve over time. Yeah. And the way uh, the the way we're doing it isn't working, guys. We need to change the way we're doing things. Yeah, and by, it's by doing the same thing we've been doing. <laughs> exactly, and you know, any any person who who knows a little bit about this can quickly understand that it's all lip service to justify what they're yeah. doing to uh, make themselves look appealing to their investors so that uh -huh. they'll continue to invest. They'll yeah. say, hey, EA has a strategy. They know what they're doing. They said this would be a light year. They said they had to let go of all these people and and this they have this whole strategy. I can continue to support them because they know what they're doing. And next yeah. year, we're going to really come out on top. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it sounds like it was just a, an exercise in buzzwords, you know? Like, yeah. What, what? And I think Battlefield Five. one of the reasons why it has lost so much of its population mm. is because of this whole thing that EA has been doing with their game studios, giving them way too much work to do, giving them unreasonable release schedules and saying, just fix it over time. And if this, yeah. this game doesn't succeed, then they downscale the development team and it mm -hmm. delays things or makes things far less than what were promised. Right. Just like what's happening with Anthem, how we don't see a cataclysm in Anthem right now, yeah. even though it was a major feature promised. Right. Right. So they want us to no longer expect full games at launch. They want to be flexible so they can downscale at any time. Yeah. And they want us to kind of think this is how games are. Yeah. And it makes me sick. Well, and I'll so. be I'll be I'll be honest with you, right? Um mm -hmm. that was kind of what I was saying when we were talking about Anthem, right? Like, you know, when and I don't say this to agree with EA or this article by the way. Sure, I'm sure. just trying to uh sort of illustrate the example or or you know what what you're trying to to say here is that i was i fell victim to that right like yeah you know i was saying 
you know, which one of these games hasn't had a, uh, a rough launch and it seems like they get better over time. And it's almost mm-hmm. like you just become conditioned to that. But seeing this and seeing them sort of like, yeah, you know, like we can take advantage of this. Like it just makes me feel like, you know, and I've been saying this, uh, a bunch in our discord, you know, uh, division one taught me not to pre-order, uh, yeah. And Anthem taught me not to buy into the hype machine, man. And I think that yeah. as hard as it might be at times, uh, I think we're at the point where instead of saying, you know, we need to accept the reality, quote unquote, of, you know, how these, you know, and, and specifically with Anthem and Destiny and, and you know, uh, Warframe and all those games. Yeah. Investment games or... Um, you know, looter shooters or, you know, whatever you want to label it as. Uh, it's, instead of accepting that they don't have a perfect launch, maybe say, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until someone hits end game. I'm going to wait, even if that means two or three weeks, to see what this game is, to see if these features are delivered. And with Anthem, it would have been perfect, right? Because we would have said, well, no cataclysm. Oh, we're pushing the cataclysm back. Oh, look, people are starting to have trouble with loot. Oh, turns yeah. out... You know, the game while fun for maybe the playthrough uh, with the story mode, not really something that uh, is going to be an investment game like we thought. And maybe yeah. that would have been something uh, that we could hold. I could have held off on purchasing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so and and uh, man, you've said it a million times, right? We 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 vote with our wallets, right? That's how we tell these publishers how we feel about these things, man. And, and, you know, I'm not here to tell anyone how to spend their money or, or what decisions to make or when to pre-order, when not to pre-order. But, you know, it's just, we're giving them a really long leash, man. I remember EA. I remember there was a time where I played Madden and FIFA and all these sports games that were so much fun. And I would have never imagined that those games would have turned into what they are today which is a complete yeah. like you know it's an insult to us you know yeah they're completely different games yeah for sure yeah so anyway i stole your thunder there a little bit buddy <laughs> no no way it's all good dude yeah but it's, anyway, it is funny you, because what, what, well remember remember when we started the gaming adventure club way back when like yes, a year ago one we year started, ago yeah, and I was like, all right, I really want to have gaming adventures all throughout the industry. I want to check out lots of different games and stuff. Mm-hmm. And what that has taught me is that a lot of uh, publishers lie to their customers mm-hmm. and don't really give them what they promise, or at least it's it's all about their particular interest as opposed to the interest of their customer. So it, it's crazy because games like this, like Battlefield Five, this and an Anthem, that really, really gives me pause whenever I think about anything from EA. Mm-hmm. And the same with like Bethesda, Fallout seventy six. I remember I was just a huge fan last year's E three, and I believed the words they said. I I believed, you know, they had this increase, this sixteen times the graphical fidelity or whatever from their old engine and stuff and all these grand promises and fallout 76 when i got in there and i started playing and it looked like the bottom of my shoe as opposed to like something beautiful 
it was it was a train wreck and i could honestly say the reason why i do not own rage 2 is because of fallout 76 because bethesda has taught me do not trust them Mm -hmm. so so i don't yeah so it's crazy that is nuts dude but that's that's the world we're living in buddy it is vote with your wallet true yes indeed all right moving on more ea news Mm. ea access is coming to playstation 4 oh yay I thought that was pretty interesting. EA Access is a pretty good value for people who play EA games and a lot of them because it gives you access to a lot of their titles for one Mm -hmm. low price-ish. Yeah. But I found this story. There's a Reddit user named Mega1X and he has potentially, allegedly, has inside information from EA And I thought this was kind of interesting. I don't know exactly if any of this is true. Mm. We'll see. But he did talk about how EA Access is coming in July, which was actually announced. So that is true. Mm -hmm. And one of the titles that's coming is going to be Anthem. And he also revealed that Anthem sold roughly 3.7 million copies total, which is far short of the 7 million, which they said was a conservative, Mm. conservative prediction. Uh, I remember mm-hmm. EA saying that during the, an earnings call. Mm-hmm. So that is that is really interesting. Another thing he said is that a free-to-play model for Anthem is being considered, which means there's going to be more ways to spend money in the game to keep it afloat. Yeah. And also, the last thing he said was that uh, an entire new loot system is in the works, but it's not coming anytime soon. Yeah. Really yeah. interesting stuff. Nobody knows if you can trust this user or not. Yeah. But some of these things kind of do ring true if you think about it. And I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. All right, moving on, Andy. Last story, buddy. Oh. Are you ready for this? Oh, yeah, dude. This is so exciting. This is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Microsoft and Sony announce a partnership for gaming and cloud services. Man, all I, you, I just like Microsoft and Sony announce partnership. Everything else, like I stopped reading. I was like, "Oh my god, Microsoft is buying Sony!" Man, this is so crazy. But it kind of uh, we'll read the story here in a second. But it reminds me of the relationship you see with Apple and Samsung. How mm. the companies are so large, there's always one part of the company suing the other, while the other parts of the company are doing business together. <laughs> yes. So it, it's really funny with these super large companies, but. It looks like they've come to an understanding and they've made a business deal here. And I think mm. it's going to impact the industry as a whole in a big way pretty soon. All right. But Andy, you want to tell us this uh, the story here from GameSpot? Yes, sir. Here we go. Microsoft and Sony have announced plans for a strategic partnership that will include technology and information sharing, as well as shared infrastructures for some of their initiatives. While the announcement doesn't mention the Xbox or PlayStation brand specifically, it does suggest the partnership will focus on consumer entertainment platforms, including gaming. Specifically, the agreement says that the two will jointly develop future cloud solutions within Microsoft Azure. Am I saying that right, Manny? Azure? Sure. Azure. Yeah. (laughs) It also says that Sony will use Microsoft Azure for its own game, and content. You see what I did there? I asked you how to pronounce a hard word. <laughs> <laughs> well, just wait till you get to the uh, CEO's name down here. 
Oh, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, For its own game and content streaming services, including a push to build better tools for content creators. The two are also committing to work together on semiconductors and artificial intelligence. In quotations, Sony has always been a leader in both entertainment and technology, and the collaboration we announced today builds on the history of innovation, added Microsoft CEO Sasha Nadella. I remember how to say that, Manny. Our (laughs) partnership brings the power of Azure and Azure AI to Sony to deliver new gaming and entertainment experiences for customers. Very nice. There you go. And before Dreadnought writes in, I believe he works for Microsoft, it's pronounced Satya. Satya. Satya uh, Nadella. Think, just think of Nutella, but less delicious. That's a dumb way to say that name. <laughs> I'm just saying. I feel like Sasha is cooler. Even for a dude. Makes him sound like a Russian super spy or something like that. Yes, he he's probably a super spy for sure. <laughs> Andy, what do you think about this partnership? This is pretty crazy because isn't this directly competing with Microsoft's product with the Xbox cloud services? I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I am super confused about what this exactly means because, yeah, the first thing I thought is like, in what way does this benefit either one of them, right? Like Microsoft, I mean, if everything is progressing like seems like they would have the upper hand, right? The way that they've been touting their their uh, their X Cloud and and all this stuff, and so I don't I don't know I don't know what this means, dude. So we'll have to see, man. Oh, what's the uh, what's the saying, Andy? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Perhaps there's also a saying in Texas, maybe in Tennessee. Fool me once, no. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, there is a big player who just recently announced they're entering into this space to take over the world, and they have the resources to make a huge impact, and that's Google. Mm-hmm. Remember Google Stadia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to compete, and they want to put an end to Microsoft and uh, Sony's reign of gaming here. And, the, you know, nobody wants to see that happen. <laughs> well, dude. You know, Nobody, they- Nobody's... Uh, Okay, I, I'm sure Google has some fans out there. That's fine. You can be a Google fan. I'm just, I'm just somewhat joking. But Microsoft's Azure services, their cloud business is massive, and it's very, very good. So Sony is going to either look to Amazon or they're going to look to Microsoft. Microsoft has specific engineers that are making their servers work well for cloud-based gaming. So it's a perfect decision for Sony and somebody had to approach Microsoft somehow and figure out some kind of partnership. Mm. Microsoft right now is, is anxious to play with anyone that wants to play nice with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sasha Nadella has absolutely turned around Microsoft since he's been there and he's made some amazing moves, especially in their cloud-based services. And, you know, that's why Microsoft is such an amazingly large and successful company still, even though the whole software side is kind of, you know, gotten old and kind Mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, it's past its prime to say the least. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a genius move for both companies because it helps to secure a really cool future for both PlayStation fans and it also helps Microsoft learn how exactly their cloud service as far as gaming is concerned uh how it's going to run 
because there's going to be a lot of R&D. It's happening on the Microsoft, on the Xbox side right now. Phil Spencer's talking about how he's playing uh, on xCloud in other countries with his cell phone. So that's super cool. We know that's happening. PlayStation, they understand this is a big business and we have to move in this direction because that's where the industry is heading. So they're going to be learning a lot of stuff too. And I just think as far as, as far as it goes for both these companies, it makes a lot of sense, even though they have competing products. But honestly, I think a lot of it is to give uh, some decent competition to what Google is planning to do. Mm, I see. That's uh, that. That was the whole enemy of my enemy. Yeah, thing that you did. <laughs> that's right. Man, just bring it around. I, I'm putting it together for everyone out there, Manny. Yes. Very cool. <laughs> no, man, dude. That's uh, you know, obviously, uh, it's probably pretty specific. Uh, the intent of this deal, uh, but of course, us. You know, being who we are, and uh, by us I mean gamers. Yeah, we are, we immediately think about you know cross saving and cross playing and exactly. all this other cool stuff, right? But we, I think that we're probably, if we're even heading in that direction, I think that's that that's going to be a while before we see anything come to fruition from this, right? So yes, um, you know, we'll keep our ears to the ground and and see see what. Uh, what happens further down the road? Yeah. And, you know, I think it's worth noting, and it even stated it here in this article from GameSpot. There, this isn't an announcement between Xbox and PlayStation. Right. It's an announcement between Sony and Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And those two companies were not spoken of specifically. And I think that's that's important to note. Because I don't think it's safe to assume any type of partnership between Xbox and PlayStation. They remain mm. competitors. Right. Even even if one wants to play nice with the other, they're still in in, in uh, competition with each other. So I think that's yeah. worth noting. Yeah. It's like the parents are getting, getting along, but the kids still hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, Phil Spencer, he did tweet out after this uh, came to light He said, excited about the opportunities ahead with Sony for us to pursue our mutual gaming ambitions and delight players around the world. The whole delight players is that's kind of a Sony uh, uh, PlayStation phrase. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's pretty funny that he went ahead and grabbed that. It's it's really interesting to see. And dude, who would have ever predicted this future? Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody would have ever seen this coming, dude. I, I have seen, like, universal shock and surprise that this is happening. Well, yeah, I mean, like you said, right? They, we, I think because we, we it's easy to lose, lose sight of the fact that this is Sony and Microsoft, right? We're yeah. immediately thinking, like, Xbox and PS4. But I, I feel like you did a good job of kind of bringing us back down to earth a little bit by reminding us that, you know, the article says it. We've said it several times, you know, we just have to wait and see what happens, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, we'll wait and see if, if this affects gaming, you know, in general. Like, I, I don't even know what what this could actually mean as far as me as a gamer, if this partnership actually affects me at all. Mm-hmm. Apart from the fact that PlayStation is going to be a major player in the cloud gaming business, so... 
That's pretty cool. So if if you're a PlayStation fan and you love that platform, that's where all your trophies are. You don't want to leave them, but you think cloud gaming is really cool. Sit tight because it looks like that's a part of your future as well. Well, Andy, it's kind of a short show this week, right? Mm -hmm. I think we're a little anxious to uh, maybe find a group and see if we could jump to this new raid. Do a raid? That'd be cool, man. And and you know what, Manny? We advertised this show as a 30-minute show, and I feel like this is the first time we've delivered <laughs> that <laughs> promise in a year. Yeah. In a, yeah, because we did start the show and say, hey, we want this to be about a 35-plus-minute show, yes. something easy to listen to, mm-hmm. and boy, are we liars, man. <laughs> it's okay. All right. So let's let's might. finally make up for it with, uh, with the, a shorter episode this week. Sounds good to me, bud. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out with us and for listening. If you have anything that you want to say and you want your voice to be heard on the show, go over to speakpipe.com slash gaming adventure club. And you could send us a speak pipe just like our buddy Flavorist did. Don't be shy. No, don't be shy. And thank you so much to everyone who has decided to support us on Patreon. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks for paying all the bills making this possible, fulfilling our podcasting dreams. And uh, thanks for all the iTunes reviews. We really appreciate that. Absolutely, y'all. Thank you so much uh, for, for all of that. And until next time, have an adventurous week and take care of each other. Let's go shoot some bad dudes in D.C., Manny. Let's go to D.C. Yes. 